Hey, Juvies listeners, David here. Before we get to this week's episode about Independence Day, I wanted to give you a quick reminder that this podcast has spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, it's probably on TV right now. But even if it's not, sign up for a free seven-day trial at Stars, and you can watch it there. I'm just warning you, it's really, really, really inexplicably long. As always, if you have thoughts about this episode of Juvie or a previous episode of Juvie, or you've been wanting to tell us something, but we keep saying write to us instead, then go ahead and email us at juvies at gmail.com. That's juvies, J-E-W-V-I-E-S at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or join our growing Facebook group, the Juvies Congregation, where you can talk with other people about the portrayal of Jewish people and Judaism in the movies. We're at Juvies on any of those platforms. And if you like our show, rate us on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us, because right now, not even our mothers are listening. Finally, and most importantly, our next movie will be announced on our social media on Friday, so just another reason to follow us there. For now, welcome to Earth for today, on this day... We celebrate a day of Independence Day. Hey, what the hell are you doing? I'm making a mess. Yeah, this I can see. You gotta burn the rainforest, dump toxic waste, pollute the air, and rip up the ozone. Maybe if we screw this planet up enough, they won't want it anymore. Don't do this to yourself. Listen to me. Are you listening to me? Everyone loses faith at some point in their life. Look at myself. I haven't spoken to God since your mother died. Because, you know, sometimes we have to remember what we still have. Like what? You still have your health. David, David, you need your rest. Come on. Get off this freezing concrete floor before you catch cold. Come on. What'd you say? You mean about faith? Hello, and welcome to The Juvies, a podcast about the portrayal of Jewish people and Judaism in the movies. I'm David Friedman. I'm David Wengrew. And I'm Yako Friedman. And this week on The Juvies, we're discussing the 1996 science fiction action film Independence Day. Directed by Roland Emmerich and starring Will Smith, Jeffrey Goldblum, Judd Hirsch, Vivica A. Fox, and Bill Pullman, and a whole bunch of other people. Guys, this movie's amazing. Wait, before we get into it, I like how every single time you mess up at least one person's name. Who did I get wrong? This time it was Jeffrey Goldblum. I don't think anybody (laughs) other than his mother calls him Jeffrey. Well, it's a very Jewish performance on his part, and his mother is referenced. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Jeff Goldblum. J- Jeff. Jeff uh, Goldblum. Uh, our, our second juvie <laughs> with Jeff Goldblum. Um, anyways, this movie's amazing. I'm so glad that I spent two and a half hours. Seriously. <laughs> Did anyone remember long. how long this movie was? It was only two and a half hours? It was two and a half hours long. <laughs> when I paused it at some point to go get myself some pizza, I was like, oh, all right, this is at least halfway through. And it was not. It well, was like, I, and it was an hour in. I started having a bad feeling about it because, like, I was like, I remember this movie. It has Will Smith, it has Jeff Goldblum, but like, it's really like the big Will Smith breakout movie. 
and we were like 20 minutes into the movie and we still hadn't even seen Will Smith. And it, I was like, it is what? quite the buildup <laughs> to get to the point. Cause like, yeah. Cause as we were watching it, we're like, we get introduced to like many different characters and Randy Quaid and like Randy oh, Quaid's son. son and like everybody. And then you're like, wait, where's Will Smith? <laughs> like that hasn't happened yet. Why isn't he there yet? Uh-uh. Will Smith is also the last person yeah. on the entire earth to find out that there's been an alien invasion. That's great. That's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best part of the movie. It goes downhill from there. Okay guys. So who has seen, has anybody not seen this movie before, or I should put it this way. When was the first time you've seen this movie and what number is it for you now? This is probably like six. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I even saw this a couple months ago. It's just on TV. It's always on and TV. I, it's always on TV. And I just found myself watching all of it. But, but no still, way. I didn't remember that it was two, two hours and like 40 minutes or whatever. But in 96, you were young. So did you see this one in theaters? No. I don't think this was a theater one for me. Jakob, you did though, right? Yeah, I did. I saw this in theaters opening weekend with Moshe Eisenberg and his brother Yehuda, and we went and we bought into the hype because this movie was hyped like few movies had been hyped before it. It had a brilliant marketing campaign. Tell us about the the experience of this movie because I remember it being, I remember it, I was 11 at the time. I remember it being just everyone was waiting for this huge movie to come out and it made a ton of money. It It was huge. But like, I don't know what they did Tell us how that felt because you were a teenager, yeah. Well, it it was was at the right, it came at a certain time when special effects were just really being able to show anything they wanted to do convincingly. And nobody had done an alien invasion movie convincingly before. And when they promoted these shots of a giant saucer destroying, convincingly destroying the White House, it blew people's minds. And they were so excited for it. And this was, quite frankly, before 9-11. And seeing landmarks be destroyed still was fun. And it was just a very big deal. And it also was at this very particular point when um, a blockbuster was kind of a preordained thing. It isn't like it is nowadays. You know, it it's sort of like... They knew this was going to be huge. Everybody knew this was going to be huge. And you had to get in on it the opening weekend because there was no point otherwise. And I did see it opening weekend. And I remember the exact moment when Will Smith punched the alien. And I thought to myself, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually one of my favorite moments. So you were like 90 minutes into this two and a half hour movie by then. <laughs> and it was like, it was like 45 minutes, you know, but, but the, here's the thing. The buildup is actually okay. The movie takes its time and that slow burn on the part of Will Smith where he just doesn't see it. And then he finally sees it. That's well done. It's everything that comes afterwards. That's really hard to take. You didn't like it then. Had you seen it since? No, this was um this was for me viewing number two, emphasis on number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've definitely seen it a bunch of times. I didn't see it in theaters, but I've seen it a bunch of times because I don't know, it's just it's always on TV. It's a classic. I I like it. <laughs> it's fun. I like I like it is it's, fun. It's, it's too so long. Fun. It's too long. Yeah, but it's such a fun movie. 
I mean, just like yeah, like that moment, like Jakob when he said that he punched the alien in his head. I knew it was coming, <laughs> and I was just like, I was so excited for it. It's so dumb. <laughs> so wait, that do you guys, and right, he just right, have you ever him like out. You ever knocked out a gigantic <laughs> alien with a humongous head? <laughs> wait, so how are you guys enjoying this? Are you legitimately enjoying it, or is this a so bad it's good kind of thing? A mix. It's somewhere in a mix. It's a mix. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say it's because it's not poorly made. So it's not like a it's not like a how did this get made movie. It just the acting is just so moments, oh, yeah. Right. I think some of it's poorly made. You know, it's some so of it like, corny. like the writing. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't have as big a problem with the writing as I did with the with the acting because every single character who isn't Will Smith or or um or Jeff Goldblum sounds exactly the same. They're all like, "Oh no, my God, they're gonna blow us all up!" Man. And then like, and it's just they, half the scenes just end with with the president, Bill Pullman, just looking at the camera, smoldering, <laughs> smoldering. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot a of characters have a, a voice, and they are bad voices. They are unique, <laughs> but they're they irritating and they're terrible. And <laughs> it's a lot of not to get voice. too ahead of ourselves, but especially the Jews. Should we dive into our summary? Do we need a summary? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's your summary. Can I do this one? Aliens come to Earth. Somehow the humans defend it. And you're left wondering if it was all worth it. It's marginally more complicated than that. Alien ships do come down from space and no one's sure why. But this Jewish guy, David Levinson, Jeff Goldblum, my hero, figures out that the aliens are going to blow everyone up. So he goes with his dad, Julius Levinson, Judd Hirsch, to tell the president. Sure enough, the aliens start blowing everything up. But David and Julius get away with the president on Air Force One. While they're on Air Force One, Julius is like, what about that Area 51 everyone's always talking about? So they go to Area 51, and it turns out that humanity knew about all these aliens all along and wasn't doing anything about them. Then Will Smith shows up with an alien that he punched in the face, and they do an autopsy, and the alien reveals the big secret of the movie. The aliens have come to Earth to blow everything up. They shoot the alien, but they still need a plan to stop the UFOs. So David is freaking out about the environment, and Julius is like, calm down, you're going to catch a virus. And that gives David the idea that they should fly a spaceship into the mothership and infect it with a computer virus, and that'll lower the shields. So he and Will go up to space to do that. His dad... Davins and creates a prayer circle with like a sitter and a bunch of kids and David and Will are successful and humanity is saved and I think that's it. Yep. That is it. <laughs> I mean there's also a big powerful speech by the president. Oh, I forgot about the speech. Where it ends with William Wallace saying <laughs> freedom. Um anyways, so as I said, there's there's some Jewish characters in this movie including there's the three. there's three. Who who do we want to start with? Let's start with uh uh Harvey. Is that his name no, in real life? It's, it's Marty. Marty? He's played by um Harvey Firestein. Harvey, Harvey Firestein. That's what I mean. But yeah. his name in the show is Marty. I'm just calling him Harvey. <laughs> Boy, Harvey Firestein deserves. I gotta a lot call of my lawyer. So Marty Gilbert. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It's never expressly <laughs> revealed that Marty Gilbert is Jewish, but if you were to he take, is. he says he. I gotta call my aunt Esther. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, that's the giveaway. <laughs> 
So Marty is, I guess, David's boss, and he works for the. I don't. I don't even know what David does. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I looked this up, and they said he's a satellite technician. What? How? Huh? What? I have what? no idea. A How does he guy? get his own office? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he worked for a TV station. They need people like that. That was one of the few believable parts. Okay. I, I mean, I I didn't believe it, but. <laughs> I believe that Marty died. <laughs> Why? So Marty, Marty, just to he, he talks like this, and yeah. I think he's like also, I think this is like he talks in a way that's very effeminate, and like in the nineties, he's got earrings in both ears. It's got all the telltale t- signs that Marty may also be gay. Well, good God, he was cast by he was played by Harvey Firestein. There's no telltale sign. You don't <laughs> cast him like that unless he is. Right. It was a it was it was a big old fashioned stereotypical gay joke, and you know what? This movie it loves its stereotypes. I'll give it that. Um. So so Marty he he's a mama's boy. He's got to tell his mother everything. Um. Yeah. He's got an aunt Esther. He's got to tell his doctor he's something. He's got to call his lawyer, he's but gotta, not his lawyer. Oh. He's got to call Doctor Katz. He's got to call Doctor Katz. <laughs> They're like, you know, we need more some com- more comic relief here. I know, but I'm I'm very surprised that he died, because like he's the type of character in any movie that would survive with the rest of them and be that consistent right. bad comedy throughout. I'm surprised he died. I feel like halfway. I feel like that was the original plan for the movie, but then they're like, "Oh man, Harvey Firestein's driving everybody crazy. Let's just kill him off in the car." And he wasn't really important as a Jewish character because, as I said, his whole role was to be an offensive gay stereotype. It's totally different. Yeah, but I had something to point out about his death. Is that like it seems like he was friends with David, and then David just never brings him up again. <laughs> like it never comes back up. Like oh, whatever happened to Marty? <laughs> so they just forget about him. There's <laughs> a cut scene. It really they really a, cut him out of the there's script. A, there's a cut scene <laughs> of David saying "Kaddish" for Marty. <laughs> Um, okay, well, listen, the main character in this movie is Jeff Goldblum. I mean... It, I it, disagree. It, I'm going to disagree. Is it Will No. It's Judd Hirsch. He's the best, he's the best Jewish character. He's amazing. Judd Hirsch is the most Jewish of the characters, but... I, you didn't but, like Judd Hirsch in this movie? No, I liked him, but yeah. he, he's the more Jewish one of the two, but David's clearly Jewish. David yeah. Levinson, so I we know. have to talk about him. I don't know. I think Billy Crystal must have watched this movie and seen Judd Hirsch and said, enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the best lines besides Harry Connick Jr. Let's talk talk about David. So Jeff Goldblum is the finest Jewish actor of all time and perhaps the finest actor of all time. Um, Well, he's certainly the best at playing Jeff Goldblum, which is his one role. (laughs) Right. Here he is not warning us about chaos theory and dinosaurs. He's warning us about chaos theory and aliens. I kept... And he has one of his Jurassic Park lines in this movie. Which one? You know, he's, he says, must go faster, which is just a <laughs> right. total payoff from the Jurassic Park line. Uh, he's, he's amazing. I will hear no... Uh, first of all, he dresses fantastic throughout the movie. I was... I was just just into it. I was loving the the flannel open shirt, but tucked in, but tucked in. Uh, great love story between him and his uh, his ex. She she's not Jewish. No, 
hits one of our tropes. That well, we don't know. We have no idea if she's Jewish because she's... Her name is her name on IMDb is, like, not Jewish enough. Well, I mean, compared to David Levinson, it can't be Jewish enough. <laughs> he has the best, like, action hero last name I've ever heard. Levinson? Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's the super nerdy guy. <laughs> Our, our, our Jewish trope of super nerdy neurotic. Yeah, so he falls he falls into the trope of that he's the smart guy. Yep. He's not the strong guy at any point. He's the smart guy. Although he kind of... Yeah, I don't know if I'd call him an action hero, though, like you were doing before, because he gets airsick, and he's always whining. He's hard to take. He's pretty much Aaron from from the Prince of Egypt all over I again. thought the I thought the airsick thing was, like, not within character. You know, he was like a smooth operator for most of it. And then at one point, he's like aggressive and like throwing things around. And then all of a sudden, they're like, we need to make him like play off Will Smith. Will Smith's the tough guy. We need to make him the neurotic Jewish guy. Like, and then they're like, how are we going to do that? Oh, you got car sickness. Um, I, uh, I, was, I was into Jeff Goldblum's character. I thought there was this really weird scene in this movie, which was the most, Jeff Gold, most Jewish Jeff Goldblum gets. Well, aside from the tefillin exchange, but the the scene where he's like he's trashing the place and like ranting about the environment. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on there? Like, David, like, I don't listen, it the earth is important, but what are the facts what does that have to do with the fact that aliens have come from outer space to destroy the earth? He he literally If we had like a thicker ozone layer, would the would I the kept, ships not get through? I kept thinking to myself, <laughs> why is he so into recycling? Uh, I thought that was one of the weirder jokes of the whole thing, that none of it matters, so we might as well trash the earth. It, it was, was for one joke though. The one joke that he says at the end is, you know, I always thought I'd try to save the planet, but now I'm really gonna save the planet. <laughs> That's what that 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 was the whole purpose of the recycling bit. I guess so. Also, he was like very clearly crushing a Coke can. There's some major product placement there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it like right out of Wayne's World. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's it's just he doesn't he doesn't get super Jewy other than like the classic stereotypes. He doesn't talk about his Judaism that much, but it's it's pretty clear. And he does have this conversation with his dad. Great Julius. conversation. And he does bring his dad the, the talus and the, the sitter. No, just the, what was it? A sitter and a yarmulke. A sitter and a yarmulke. Yeah, a sitter and a yarmulke. But that, that actual scene is great because his father's telling him, like, you know, sometimes we lose faith. Even I lose faith. I've lost faith. Um, and you should get off the cold floor because <laughs> it's another Jewish thing. It's like, you're going to get sick. Yeah, he's and very... he's like, wait a minute. He's like, and his father goes, what you mean about the faith? He's like, no, 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 about the getting sick. <laughs> so like, he completely just blows him off about well, the whole faith thing. Well, Julius Levinson is the one who solves all the problems. First of all, if not for Julius, who we're transitioning to, if it hasn't been clear enough, uh, he, they would not have known about Area Fifty One because he's the only one who mentioned it. Mention it and know about it. And then, then he also comes up with the virus in his own. He doesn't come up with anything. He is, his whole no, he doesn't. <laughs> that aha moment is so classic. <laughs> I love how Jacob's getting so angry. Oh God, you guys are being so kind to this movie. <laughs> it's terrible. 
This is a legitimately <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us why. Okay. There's no heartwarming moment between Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch. It's all there to set up yet another obnoxious, stereotypical Jewish joke, you know, so that he could just be davening on the floor. It's just so over the top and nothing is heartfelt. And I will say this though, it was directed by Roland Emmerich, who is German. And I think he's got a lot of guts because a German 50 years after the Holocaust, he needs to be pretty confident to make a movie with this amount of Jewish and gay jokes in it. Well, I mean, everybody was making gay jokes in the 90s, but I, I, Yago, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here in that there are not a lot of blockbusters that prominently feature openly Jewish characters as the heroes. And this one does. This is not, these are not openly Jewish characters. These are openly Jewish caricatures. There is a big difference. You know, we've talked about okay, it. But if that. you were, if you were getting blown up by aliens, you might daven. I don't know that I would. I would probably be like, forget it. I'm going to McDonald's. But the, and I'm seance, but the <laughs> seance, though, the seance of everybody holding hands while he says Shmakalenu, it was pretty, uh, pretty classic there. Yeah, well, at least someone was davening, and it was yeah. And I'll guy. give them this: they they said Hashem, you know, they didn't say God's name when they said the pasuk. So good for them on that. And I know that Dean Devlin, who is the producer and the co-writer of this movie, he is. Um, his, he's at least part Jewish. So he's, I guess, being respectful in some way. And they have an excuse to say, oh, well, you know, our guy who made it is Jewish, but I don't know how you can excuse these things. We've talked so much about Jewish tropes and this one is just so heavy. This is the, a new Jewish trope that's totally out there, which is that old Jews are hilarious and they are just comic <laughs> relief. Yeah, but it's it's no more, we do we do feature as the comic relief throughout this movie. Like no one else can make a joke. It's always the Jewish. It's always the Jewish badchans. Yeah, yeah, but the but the the father at, at least he's tougher. Like David's like this wimp. Like you have that trope, and then you have the father who's like, "Don't pick on my David. Don't pick on him." No, that's the he's thing. Like, David no, he's doesn't tough. come off as a wimp at first. He comes off as like this, like suave, all-knowing David guy who's like, uh, "We got to get out of here. We got to, we got to go. We got to warn the president." And of course, he gets a meeting with the president immediately, right? Because he knows the president's secretary. Because he knows the press secretary. So like, yeah. Um. But here's the thing: compare how the Jews are portrayed in this movie to all the other characters. Okay, yes, you've got randy quaid being insane but aside from that <laughs> in real aside life from that well. there are there's no no gentile character has a flaw and randy quaid by the way gets to be the big hero that everybody secretly suspected he might be you know every gentile character is presented as a, effectively flawless the president is a perfect human being will smith is a perfect action hero and the jews are hilariously flawed <laughs> and they're just all over the map. It's true. It, and it's you know, there's a way to do this to make it less offensive. You know, you don't have to have Judd Hirsch speaking in this Yoda syntax where he says, you know, he says like, there's still love there, I think. And the <laughs> accent is so thick. 
You know, but you know, and like they're been... like, you know, what we got to do with Judd Hurst. We got to tell him he's got to really grow out those eyebrows for this one. <laughs> he's got to be like <laughs> as bushy as possible. He's got a cigar. But you know who was? You're saying that the, that the the non Jews were not flawed. I think there was plenty of flaws in the rest of the characters in this movie. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. His whole bit. Was, Harry Connick Jr.'s in this movie. Yeah, he plays uh, Will Smith's buddy. In, uh, remember, <laughs> he's, he's really like on his movie? knee. Raven. I don't remember his name in the movie. He's not a character though. He's just a supporting nothing. He's just there to be blown up like everybody and, else. And what about Will Smith's wife, uh, Vivica Fox? Fox? What is her flaw? She's the stripper with the heart of gold. Right. Yeah, she is stripper with the heart of gold, but just jumps out of the fire into that one little room and the fire somehow magically... Yeah, for God's sake, even survived. the dog, the dog, even the dog, the dog was perfect. Jumps in there. I love that scene. No, but you know what's a great scene with her is she's in the, in the car, in traffic, and listening to the radio, and he's like, you shouldn't take the highway. And she's like, oh, now you're telling me. It's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> of course, everybody's going to be on the freaking highway. Well, except for when Jeff Goldblum was going to... To DC. Oh, right. And it's empty. <laughs> it's empty that way, yeah. Here's the thing you can do Jewish old men and make it funny. Eddie Murphy was, when he does it, and especially in movies like Coming to America, when he does it in full on white face, that's funny. He knows how to make it funny and original enough so that it kind of sings. This is just lazy. This is lazy crap. Now you look, you look like a, sh- a <laughs> That's what's really offensive about it. You know, they make him into this borscht belt comedian saying lines that are older than the hills, like, nobody's perfect. And yeah, he so even was smoking ask you, what, the cigar. What do you think, of, do you think about the, the, the most Jewish line of the movie, where it's like, I, I'm not Jewish. Nobody's perfect. I mean, I, I remember oh, that yeah. movie. I, that is one of the few movie lines I remember. Yeah, but it's not from this movie. That's the famous last line from Some Like It Hot. You know, in that movie, it was original and fresh and really, really interesting in its context. Here, it's just lazy, like everything else. <laughs> I did enjoy the, the car pileups. It was almost as bad as Blues Brothers 2000 with every all the cars just flying. There's just like a lot of that. Yeah, or a lot of great Blues Brothers. Well, I, I say this: we were, we were talking about in the beginning how this movie was like the first one where they had, you know, special effects had taken a corner, taken a turn, and they they had really gotten better, and you can make them realistic. And the producers of this movie and the director they knew it because that was the longest destruction of Earth scene yeah, ever really so it just long. kept going i was like what are we still blowing things you, up you know what i was get longer? the point there was only one scene that was longer and that's when everybody uh, everybody across the world was getting together <laughs> <laughs> that was a, so long they showed us every country they, they cut back to the british a second time <laughs> second time yeah oh yeah oh and the God. british the british brigadier who you know was just some guy from california Oh, the Golan Straits. One of my notes was, what are the Golan Straits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, so they got Israel in there for a moment as everybody getting together to bring down the, the ships. Yeah, they put Israel in there for as long as they put a Jew, a Hasidic Jew, running down the streets of New York. So at least they also got that in there. 
Because it's not a New York street scene unless you got a Jew running holding his hat. I, I didn't. I didn't see the Jew. Was he holding a lulav? No, I don't know. He was to the state. He was to the right of the screen. I had to rewind it several times just to make sure that my wife saw it. I thought there was one thing, Yaakov, that you were going to mention that when they're driving in that last scene, when you see Will Smith and and Jeff Goldblum when they're walking in the desert together with the cigars, and they're driving their jeeps. You see, you see Judd Hirsch holding his yarmulke. Oh yeah, that's true. Yes, so that it doesn't uh, yeah, fall off in the yarmulke in the scene. This movie had way too many characters. Oh yeah, so many. Like the whole <laughs> Randy Quaid, I guess, flying into the the whole first ship. lady thing. Why did he need to have children? <laughs> we, who, who cares? <laughs> That was one of my tweets. It's like somewhere along the line, they're like, we need a subplot about Randy Quaid's son. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, no, who cares? It was like, I, well, they needed to like, it, it really felt like it's Independence Day. So they're going to get a cross section of all of humanity, which is a white president, a couple of Jewish guys, black guy, a black woman. <laughs> hey. but, you know, sometimes they didn't give you what you thought in this movie, like the 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 president's wife the first lady why'd she die yeah she just dies like well that's actually that's a trope outside of jewish tropes that's a movie trope it's called fridging a character and it's specifically done where you kill the wife or the significant other of a main character to give the main character motivation Right, it's, except you kept her alive. It's women. Lazy, is, that the, Yagav, is, that, is that the women in fridges like Green Lantern trope? It's just lazy. Everything about it. You know, it made me tired just watching it. You know the character Kiff from Futurama? Which He's one the is one that? who's always sighing. You know, he has this uh sign a sigh, you know, he's just like Thanks, Kiff. Very nice work. Uh. That, that, that's, that's Kiff. <laughs> that was me throughout this movie. I kept sighing, these loud, disappointed, horrified sighs. You know, this movie gets a lot of love amongst the, amongst the, just how could this movie, this, the plot makes no sense crowd. The, the types are like, wait, 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 it's a, it's a it's incredibly advanced alien race and we managed to take them down with like a 1990s computer virus <laughs> like that crowd has always commented on it but i think it's also fun to comment about it from this perspective as well this jewish perspective and in that way i think it's a great juvie um what would you what would you do you have a sequel good question or a spinoff uh somebody else go i haven't thought of one yet so i i'm pretty sure that there so there is a sequel to this movie which was <laughs> That came out like so last year. So awful. I didn't see it. Oh, I saw it. It was so bad. I might... Will Smith declined to be in it, so all power to him. Well, and, and that, that's, that's already a sign because Will Smith was in After Earth. So, I mean, he's, he's yeah. made some duds. So I'm pretty sure that this was actually a Gremlin sequel because those little aliens were pretty much just Gremlins. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that this is a, a, a just a... This is a spin-off or a sequel of the original Gremlin movie. That's my call. Can we also talk about how terrible the alien effects were? So bad. That's what yeah. I'm saying. This is just what do you Gremlins. Mean, the actual they... alien characters? 
Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, come on. This was, as I said, it was at this weird point where special effects could do everything, but they still relied on a lot of tried and true practices that didn't always work. And those aliens were exhibited. They were right out Holy of a Walmart crap, after Halloween. Was, they were, they, they so blew bad. all their budget. They blew all their budget on the, the blowing up the, uh, on the models that they used to blow up the white house and the Washington monument and the, and Congress, yeah, but the, they, they had no money left for costumes. Uh, but I swear, if you actually watch like an old gremlins movie, it's the same thing. They're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that's how yeah, but gre- gremlins have charm i know yeah, the original gremlins is like a, is a b horror movie and this gremlins 2 is one of the best things that was ever invented D- but just compare these aliens to the movie from but compare them to the uh aliens from the movie alien these suck <laughs> way they suck so bad compared oh, they're, to they're the terrible and they're, they're like they're very generic looking aliens too they're like you know what let's get the most generic they had they had an alien autopsy scene yeah, <laughs> where you find the little baby, which reminded me of like, do you remember the the Fox special Alien Autopsy with with um, with Commander Riker, Jonathan Frakes, Jonathan Frakes. Right. <laughs> There's a great interview about that, by the way, where Jonathan Frakes talks about how he got how he landed that role. <laughs> he was like, they paid me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like George Clooney talking about why he was in Batman and Robin. And I, he said, you know, if they offered you ten million dollars, I bet you'd say yes too. <laughs> <laughs> Yakov, you got a spinoff sequel? I don't know. May, maybe Columbus Day. It's kind of the same thing, <laughs> except nobody remembers it's a holiday. Or like Pulaski Day. It's the mm-hmm. Pulaski Day. It's the Independence Day for the Chicago Polish community. <laughs> Um, also, can I, one thing that really bothered me is during the big speech of the president, he says, today we celebrate our Independence Day. And I remember thinking, he didn't have to say Independence Day. I, he just I said know. the word today. He threw it. The whole thing sounds off. Just say, today we celebrate our independence. I was thinking that when he was at the end of that speech, he should have just said, and this is the name of this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I think mine is a prequel. It's actually a real movie. My prequel is Ordinary People. <laughs> we're just This is just a spinoff of what happens to Judd Hirsch's character, the psychologist. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's one of the sad things about this movie is that Judd Hirsch is a great actor, and he's especially good at playing characters who have a lot going on. You know, they're multifaceted. They are not just stereotypes. They're not just trying to check a couple of boxes and come off as one type. He always played characters with depth. And this is the exact opposite. This is so shallow. And it's such a waste of his talents. I'm so happy I made Yakov watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah, really. Thanks for blowing my Saturday it. night because <laughs> that's really what it was. I'm sorry, I really had no idea it was this long. <laughs> it was so much longer. I, I was like, I'm going to bed. I was like, I have an hour left. 
You know, I went to work today and everybody was talking about the movies they saw over the weekend and I was embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I was just like, yeah, I didn't see any movies. You, you want to know what my, one of my favorite parts in this movie is? The best that part is did? that like you Wait. actively saw it. It wasn't just you caught the second half of it on like TNT because you had nothing going on. You right. sought out and pursued this movie. <laughs> Wait, we didn't talk about one of my favorite parts in this movie is when they're like when they fire the nuke at the ship and they're so surprised that it didn't work after they've already tried to bomb it and they know there's a shield and they're like it's a hit and they're like no, no, there's still a shield. It's just so great. Well, it's just the whole time I'm like wait, why is it taking them so long to nuke them until <laughs> But did you think your like tiny missiles would actually do something, even if there wasn't a shield? Um, and then the nuke did nothing <laughs> either. Alrighty. No, I think my favorite scene of that is that the whole nuking thing comes after the alien autopsy when they're like asking the alien, they're like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "For you to die." And I'm like, "Yeah, a uh, duh. Why are they even asking this? <laughs> like, where have they been? They that, blew up all of Los Angeles." Is that Professor Jewish? The one who's Brent Spiner. Killed. Brent Spiner is Jewish. He's the character who played Data in Star Trek. Okay. The, the one with the long, crazy hair. Yeah. But does, his character doesn't seem particularly Jewish in this movie. Neurotic scientist. It looks like, yeah, it looks like somebody who definitely would not have his job. I think I think uh, Brent Spiner showed up to work in that wig, and they were just sort of like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> we have We have no money to change this now. <laughs> You know, I've lived through a year and a half of the Trump presidency now, but this was the first time I really felt embarrassed to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so rating scale. Yamakas. Yeah, I was thinking, on a scale from one to five Judd Hirsch Yamaka sitter combos. Okay. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a, a two and a half. So two, two sitters two, yeah. and one yarmulke or one, two, two yarmulkes and one sitter? I'll say two yarmulkes. <laughs> two yarmulkes for sure. One sitter um, or half a sitter. It's, uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I know there are parts that it's so bad it's good. I like that. And then there are actually some good scenes, which I enjoy. So I don't hate it as much as Yaakov. I, I enjoy watching at least one like an hour and a half of it so i'm good with the with with two and a half so i'll give it a i'll give it a two you know one yamaka one sitter because uh you know it's 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 good to see it's good to see someone decided that it'd be interesting to see what would happen if you made a jewish character the action hero at the same time it's got a lot of problems as yakov has made clear um and it really does it really doesn't have a lot of depth it's very corny um, and it's way, way, way too long. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> the plot is aliens come down, aliens blow things up. We could put a virus on the alien ship and then we blow up the aliens. And for some reason they were like, we need scenes with, you know, discussing stripperhood, discussing internal, oh, internal bleeding is one of my favorite tropes by the way of like oh, I, there's yeah. a whole list of people i'm right. sure we can think of people <laughs> who die of internal bleeding in in movies 
Something that that I thought was was kind of funny was that when he was drunk and when uh, Jeff Goldblum's character was drunk and he opens the fridge and he's like, "Ah, oh, just my luck, no ice." I just I, I wanted to point out that w- Jews, when they actually are buying drinks, they don't like ice. <laughs> <laughs> I just know when I'm in Florida and there's like all these like New Yorkers there and they're all like, oh, no, no, no ice, no ice. And yeah, we need the extra yeah, no, like three ounces of pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Yaakov, how many kippas and sitters do you give it? I give it one combined kippa and sitter. And that's only because at not one point during the movie does Judd Hirsch use the word Schwarza. Oh, that's a good point. So I give it points for at least not making the world's hoariest Jewish stereotype into a racist as well, because they could have easily done it just for another cheap laugh. They could have been like, yeah, he's old, so it's okay that he's racist. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um, this. Oh, and I'll say this. At least Jeff Goldblum has some character development which is he learns he to smoke a cigar. That's oh, yeah, the most yeah. any character changes in this entire movie. Jeff Goldblum is hella sexy throughout this movie. In the beginning, he's got his shirt open. In the end, he's got like the army jacket and a cigar in his mouth. He, he's, 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 he's so dreamy. I'm just so all over him. He is so dreamy. I, uh, oh, wait, somebody has to do their Jeff Goldblum before we uh, end this podcast. Yeah, Jacob does the Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Well, that is one way they could have shortened the movie is if they gave him only one uh per every other word. <laughs> that would have saved a half hour if they just cut down a few of the uh uh Jeff Goldblums. Ah, uh, uh, apartments.com. <laughs> My favorite thing on Facebook is there's this there's this thing it's called the same picture of Jeff Goldblum every single day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just post it it's just the same exact photo posted every single day oh it's it's fun uh okay well right, hopefully guys. hopefully we'll find another jeff goldblum movie to do because i'm i'm there oh i'm, I'm i think we it. should just do jeff goldblum movies <laughs> at least that should be a separate podcast yeah and i i was an, actually an, an ode to goldblum did you have the jurassic park theme in your head the entire time watching this movie i was thinking that this movie it would have been better if like the big escape scene from the from the alien ship if we dubbed it over with our favorite uh avram free can we just do that and add it to like big scenes in all movies (laughs) easy way to ruin every movie (laughs) every movie with the (laughs) free track (laughs) yeah let's do that let's start doing that to our movies yeah it's like uh you'll have like harrison ford like running under like in Indiana Jones, like running away from that big giant boulder. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He, he's tuned out. Okay, all right, guys. I think that's it. Well, that sucked. Thanks for making me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it was worse than the jazz singer because the jazz singer really was terrible on every level. And as soon as that clicked, you know, it's just going to be 
a hard okay, watch. First of all, and it is not worse than the jazz singer. It is no, it is not worse than the jazz singer. Oh, the jazz singer is the worst. But the you jazz cannot, singer is incompetent. Was, was on I will say level. that Jeff Goldblum was the sexiest Jewish character since Neil Diamond's jazz singer. This movie was come on. There was a little bit of fun in this movie. The jazz singer was just oh, not just fun. The worst. Not fun. But the jazz singer is so bad that it's it's sort of a, a beautiful thing. You know, it exists in its own world. This is just crap. If this, this movie was lazy, no. If this movie was the jazz singer, like the analog would be Will Smith's character to Yasula Rosenblatt. But instead of like going off, leaving his his girlfriend and her little child to to go fight the aliens, he would have left to sing country music on the road somewhere. <laughs> Maybe two years later, he'd come back and be like, "Oh, they're all oh, dead. They're all dead. <laughs> right." All right. Well, there. That's high praise. We're saying it's better than the dead than the jazz singer. <laughs> Better than, Better the, jazz than the jazz singer, singer not... raves David Friedman. Slap that on the poster. Okay, well, this has been fun. Uh, until next time, I'm David. I'm David. I'm Yaakov. Thanks for listening to the Juvies.